Volume One, Chapter Twelve of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Twelve. You call honourable boldness impudent sauciness. If a man will make curtsy and say nothing, he is virtuous. Shakespeare. The contempt exhibited by the man of the western world for the morbid sensibilities of the ladies of the more civilised creation would have pretty considerably increased could he have surmised that at this moment not only the feeble margaret maranham but even the lion-footed mrs armytage was suffering from a disordered nervous system whenever a carriage was heard grating on the gravelled approach to holywell strange glances kindled in her eyes in the apprehension that it must inevitably contain the new member for thoroton whenever an eastern gale and such in a yorkshire april are of no rare occurrence brought across the park uncertain snatches of certain chimes she started as if the church bells could no longer signalise anything more momentous than the arrival of the young m p after having implied rather than expressed to her servants and acquaintances a disinclination that arthur's name should be uttered in her hearing she now grew pettish at their servile acquiescence fancying that every one must be in league to withhold from her even the necessary intelligence concerning the movements of her son she would have died rather than inquire even of sophia whether any fresh intimations of arthur's intentions had reached thoroton yet still she was dying to ask did arthur purpose to treat her with utter contempt with utter defiance did he mean to take her by surprise with a view of forcing her into a reconciliation what did he what could he intend was he come was he coming alas the coming of the successful candidate began to appear almost as problematical as the going of the defeated one while arthur stayed away reginald stayed on assiduous to his cousin armytage thrice assiduous to his cousin sophia on the fifth day following the election he was about to accompany them from the breakfast-room to the drawing-room and pursue by an observation of the north-north-east of the house the weather-wise announcements he had been deducing from the aspect of the south-south-west when the attention of all three was attracted by the sound of approaching wheels and for the fiftieth time sophie coloured crimson maudsley bit his lips and mrs armytage tried flurriedly to look unconcerned in the conviction that the vehicle advancing towards the portico of holywell contained no lesser personage than him who had been so long regarded as its heir in this belief not one of them chose to move towards the window for the verification of their hopes and fears but each though pretending to look elsewhere soon discerned that the expected chase and four was nothing better than a knowing natty gig containing a stranger and his servant a sporting-looking man with a sporting-looking servant and a poaching-looking prickier dog on the lookout between them or it might be two servants or two sportsmen or three poaching dogs it was impossible exactly to determine in whom or what the party might consist mr nobwell's clerk who i am expecting down about the renewal of the farringham lease 
said mrs armytage greatly relieved and resuming her usual dignity of demeanour rather the tuner from york observed sophia almost as well satisfied as her mother i wrote yesterday to my old friend mr blowpipe the organist to beg he would send one of his people to my piano pianoforte tuners and attorneys clerks reiterated mr maudsley with amazement my dear miss armytage you must be blind that was the finest horse i ever beheld in harness i did not look at the horse i was thinking of the man i did look at the horse said reginald with a grim smile and therefore formed my conclusion that the man was a gentleman why not as easily a horse-dealer said sophia who made it a point to dispute her cousin's dictatorial decrees because interrupted mrs armytage petulantly mr maudsley is probably aware that he is mr baltimore interrupted a footman throwing open the door and in bustled the active jack the vivacity of whose movements had left old simmons some quarter of a mile in the rear how are you ma'am happy to make your acquaintance mrs armytage thought to have been here last night but the people at the blue boar at thoroton where i put up insisted that the road was not good travelling after dark to be sure there is a devil of a gravel pit just before you turn into the lodge gates where perhaps i might have found neat accommodation for man and horse and if sir interrupted mr reginald maudsley advancing with solemn gesture towards the stranger evidently with the intention of asking him the nature of his business with mrs armytage whose astonishment and disgust at the intrusion were sufficiently manifest mr baltimore the father i believe of mrs arthur armytage inquired sophia timidly intercepting his movements but judging it necessary to interfere before further offence was given or taken exactly arthur's sister miss sophie i presume demanded jack in return i i guessed as much by the likeness and mrs armytage too devilish strong resemblance to my friend arthur might swear to the breed as safely as to a foal of johanna's but i'm keeping you all standing cried jack checking himself and turning with unsuspecting good-humour to look for a chair in which having coolly seated himself even mrs armytage was not proof against the frankness of his self-possession they all sat down overmastered by his impudence you see ma'am said he abruptly repelling the advances of sophia's pet spaniel a blemish in whose genealogy the knowing eye of jack had mechanically detected you see ma'am i have made my way here on a false scent ran down to newmarket t'other day for the spring meeting with young lord hardup and was persuaded by tom warley and parson longodds to push on to croxton for the first day's running as tom's bay filly was mrs armytage no longer repressed her symptoms of impatience and maudsley seemed only waiting her nod to interfere with the sporting intelligence of her guest when as we were journeying it through grantham at the rate of twelve miles an hour and turnpikes paid resumed the reckless jack what should i see placarded in black and white as large as try turners on the outside of the leeds regulator but armitage at the head of the pole hailed coaches in a second pulled up and in five words made out to my great surprise that my son-in-law whom i fancied to be wasting his time and money yonder among the johnny crappos 
was electioneering here at home among the johnny bulls standing as the saying is in hopes of getting a seat <laughs> so i says to myself are you there me arty and instead of keeping to time with tom and the parson i turned in straight to the george took a chop and a bed and spanked on norfords at daylight in the high flyer as far as doncaster to my friend lightweights a fellow pretty well known i fancy in these parts and as good a jockey as ever crossed an horse and after a snack and a pint of burton that made my ears tingle he drove me over to thoroton where as i said before i found i had come eighty miles out of my way on a fool's errand my brother is still in france said sophia hastily dreading her mother's interposition ay so i hear from mr gumption and the other gentlemen of his committee and more's the pity cried baltimore for as i said to them this morning what business has a young chap with his prospects heir to one of the finest estates in the county to stay gambling and masquerading among such a set of outsiders as the fellows in paris a pack of snobs that run their sham matches in a sandpit and hunt hedgehogs with buck hands have you heard lately from mrs arthur armitage inquired sophia almost trembling as she spoke not these six weeks marian used to be a tolerable correspondent when she was gadding about with her aunt robsey in cheltenham and weymouth and margate and broadstairs but paris seems to have turned her little head you will not regret then any circumstance that tends to recall my brother to england you mean about the election not i as i said this morning to the gentleman at thoroton who acts as arthur's factotum a knowing sort of blade that and seems to have served my son-in-law connor maury as they say in france if arthur armitage of holywell park hasn't a right to be in parliament who has i should like to know and as gumption observed in answer the notion of pitting a metalled lad like him against such a cream-faced tailor as young spalding whom they blackballed last year at the cocoa tree or such a spoony as we ought perhaps to have introduced you to my cousin mr reginald maudsley stammered miss armytage hazarding anything rather than the personal commentary which was half escaping the lips of jack baltimore and jack with an involuntary phew half arose from his seat to duck a courteous bow to the defeated candidate which the defeated candidate returned with a frozen salutation such as might have done honour to the statue of the commendatore in don juan but mrs armytage's disgust by this time exceeded all control and rising from her seat with an air of dignified impatience she observed to her daughter if this gentleman have anything to acquaint me with which it is necessary for me to know you will find me in the library i have business with hardywood mr maudsley do me the favour i beg to remain here with your cousin and scarcely curtsying she withdrew all her majesty from the room well upon my honour ejaculated jack as the door closed after her royalty is a joke to mrs armytage you will have the goodness to remember sir you are in the presence of her daughter said maudsley i always heard she was as proud as lucifer continued jack in an angry voice without noticing his interruption but this beats cock-fighting what the devil does she take me for dear mr baltimore cried sophia clasping her hands while the tears stood in her eyes with terror 
lest the elevated tone in which he spoke should reach her mother's ears if you have the least regard for arthur let me entreat you to say and do nothing that may widen the breach between him and my mother you are already aware that without intending the slightest disrespect to your family she greatly disapproved of his marrying so early in life and why the deuce would she interrupted jack what had mrs armitage ever done for arthur to give her any right to interfere with his actions she was his mother mildly remonstranted sophia and a pretty mother to boast of i can tell mrs armitage most people in the county are of the opinion that she ought to have given up the holywell estate to him on his coming of age why the gentlemen of the committee at thoroton were saying so only this morning and if i were in arthur's shoes i would take care to overhaul old maudsley's will pretty sharply and make sure that if you continue in this strain i fear i must put an end to our interview which would give me very great pain said miss armytage mildly for believe me i have it deeply at heart that arthur and his wife should be on comfortable terms with my mother and live among us as they ought mamma has been accustomed to great respect from her children great deference from those around her and should any unfortunate contrariety occur just now to incense her against my brother the consequences might be fatal to his interests i am sure you are too good-natured too kind-hearted to wish to inflame our family dissensions let us on the contrary all unite and do our best to bring things smooth again i am expecting arthur every day every hour do not pray do not aggravate any unkind feelings he may harbour against my mother by relating to him the unfortunate circumstances that have occurred this morning miss armytage you really humiliate yourself by these concessions said reginald coming forward from the window at which he had stationed himself as if resolved not to sit down again in mr baltimore's company it is an injustice to your family to who asked for your opinion sir cried jack fiercely and with a kindling eye sir i am here by mrs armytage's desire for the protection of her daughter replied maudsley with ineffable disdain the protection of her daughter indeed what do you suppose her daughter has to fear do you fancy that a sweet gentle creature like miss armytage could provoke a man to forget his manners like yonder old termagant no no mr cousin your assistance is not wanted and unless i'm much at fault you may chance to find yourself kicked out with the young lady as well as with the old borough at the tag end of the pole here there and everywhere you understand me sir cried reginald in a voice that seemed to make the breakfast china still remaining on the table chime and jingle give me leave to say i shall give you leave to do no such thing you've heard my opinion make the most of it or make me answer for it rough and ready is jack baltimore's motto and sophia's tears now literally began to flow and jack was pacified in a moment oh, come come my dear young lady cried he i did not mean to say anything to annoy you god forbid if my bark has proved worse than my bite you must pardon a straightforward plain sailing feller whose pride is not a little touched by the way his girl and her family have been treated give me your hand miss sophia and i hope i may live to become better friends i see i must wait for arthur's return to learn all i want to learn and know all i want to know 
but take this from me meantime and for as true a truth as that god is above us that i had rather ten million times have my child at home again among her brothers and sisters happy and merry and roughing it with the rest than see her matched with the greatest lord in the land to be looked down upon she and her relations as i see she is like to be here at holywell park no 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 cried sophia all will eventually go right and i shall live to see my brother as happy as he deserves mr baltimore shook his head he was already on his legs and now began to retreat towards the door you are going added sophia and i have not yet thought of offering you refreshments refreshments reiterated jack with a significant smile thank ye thank ye mrs armitage's civilities have refreshed me enough for this week to come i wish you a good morning ay ay shake hands and welcome i wish you a very good morning and as to you sir i wish you better manners and my service to you and away shuffled jack waiting for no announcement to the servants no summons to lightweight no bringing round of gigs straight to the offices muttering curses between his teeth and totally indifferent even to the magnificent range of stabling even to the incomparable dog-yard and kennelling even to the capital preserves of stretching woodlands that met his eyes forming part of the future domain of his little ill-used marian he had no patience to admire anything belonging to mrs armitage End of volume one chapter twelve